So what did you see yesterday with, um, with, with Leticia? With Leti okay. Leticia number two. <laughs> Leticia number two. Okay, we were going on your TikTok to see, you know, what you're doing. She asked me, what is Adi doing right now? Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, you know, he has a lot of followers on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> he stopped doing his videos. Mm. And okay, let's see what he's going to do, what he's doing. We clicked on your account and you saw that you did a new video mm. explaining what you're doing right now okay. and how you started the podcast and you okay. were shocked actually okay what did you see in the video okay I saw you explaining why like you went away for 470 <laughs> days yeah. okay okay some people were asking are you sick are you okay and you explained that you know, it wasn't you actually you know, yeah it was scripted And I know you personally, yeah. so and I watched the videos. Yeah, it's not you at all. No, it wasn't me. But it's a very good idea what you did. It's very nice, like all the videos and everything. Like you had to do something to get to where you are. Okay, even if you're not comfortable doing it, yeah, I understand. Okay, but uh, they were very in the videos. Okay. Okay, and no, I said that you stopped, but it's okay. Like now you're doing something that you like, and it's very nice. And you know, Leti and I, we were like, okay, like we watched your video, your new TikTok like this and all the time focused and her mom came she's like <laughs> and that's it that's, that's so cool that's yeah. so cool i like this i want to go deep more not deeper but and expl explaining first of all what do you where, where do you travel tomorrow where are you traveling okay i'm going to turkey turkey where exactly i don't know oh, okay <laughs> look i don't ask enough questions <laughs> i should but it's i know it's not in Istanbul. Mm. But I have a Tur uh, Turkish Open, a competition. Okay. It's a G1 competition. What does G1 mean? Okay. G1 means the winner gets 10 ranking points for the okay. world ranking, Olympic ranking. Okay. Right now, my goal is not to get ranking points. It's to participate more in competitions outside because I have a major competition in March. Mm -hmm. So just to get used to the stress again because I stopped competing for like four months to get used to the stress again, to see my level, to train. It's more like a training, actually. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, like it's not for the points. Okay, so you kind of get ready for the big matches yes, coming up. if you want. Okay, nice, nice, nice. And how did it feel like Arab champion? <laughs> Arab taekwondo <laughs> no, champion in the house? I'm three times Arab champion, actually. Ah, and John? It's not the first time, Okay. Yeah. But last year, I lost the final if you want. Okay. Last year, there were two Arab championships, one at the start of the year and one at the end of the year. At the start of the year, I got the second place. At the end of the year, I was first. In 2021, I lost the final because like we were, we had the same number of points. I don't know. It's a bit complicated to, to explain. But then the referees were so close to each other. Everything was like, we took the same amount of hits, same amount of kicks. Everything was equal. So the refs had to choose who won. Uh, wait, how do they choose? It's like, usually it's the person that was more aggressive, if you want. Okay. Okay. But in this round, we played the first round, second, third, and we went to a fourth round because everything was equal. Okay. Okay. And in the fourth round, also everything was equal. Like we, nobody took a point and we had the same amount of hits on the protectors. So they chose, obviously the other girl, she was ranked like six. In, oh. the, in the world, they weren't going to come and choose me. <laughs> where, where was she from? Uh, from Morocco, actually. Morocco? Yeah. Okay. So you had the same points, but they made the decision based on who was more based aggressive. Based on who was more aggressive during the round. Wow. Yeah. I never knew this. Yeah. It's like 
to get to this point, you have to, like, everything has to really be equal in everything. But how rare is that to, to have everything equal? Very rare. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I remember about um, Taekwondo? You used to do it. Yeah, when I was younger, I was 10. I remember having one session or two sessions and seeing everyone getting their new belts and getting black belt, uh, green belt, and I was still yellow. <laughs> when the session finished, I went, opened the box. There was a green belt. I stole it. And no I left. way. <laughs> <laughs> and I never back? played again. <laughs> I never played again. But that's the thing that's fascinating about you is that most people, they either start or stop Taekwondo. And few are the ones that actually follow through. And fewer are the ones that just master it like you did. Yeah, no, that's so true. Like every person I meet, they're like, oh my God, I used to do Taekwondo. <laughs> Like, there is no one I didn't see and told them I do taekwondo. Like, I used to do it when I was a kid. <laughs> so how did you start? How did I start? I used to do everything. All the sports. Like what? Like, uh, when I was a kid, I was a bit hyperactive, if you want. Okay. <laughs> and I used to do, like, uh, gymnastics, swimming, uh, tennis, ski, climbing, uh, rollers, everything, everything. And taekwondo also. Mm-hmm. So... One time, I don't know, I got the black belt and then there was the first ever cadets world championship. Okay. Okay. Like I was like, keep in mind, I was doing everything. Like I was swimming, I was doing tennis, like, you know, during the week I had all of these activities. Okay. I don't know how my mom had the time to take me. (laughs) Yeah. So there was this world championship and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to travel for sports. I was 13. Yeah. Wow. 13. Yeah. It was my first competition as a black belt. Usually, people to go to the world championship, like you play your nationals and then you play like qualifiers and then you go to the world championships. Like there, because it was the first cadets world championship and there were not a lot of girls cadets that have a black belt on my category. So I just went like this. Like I just weighed in for the Lebanese championship. There was no one mm-hmm. against me and I participated. Okay. <laughs> of course, I lost with a big diff- point difference. And I had my first match, like it's a draw, you play and then if you lose, you're out. Mm-hmm. I had my first match with Iran and I remember the night before, my friends were like, oh my God, you're playing with Iran, with Iran. And I was a kid, I didn't even know what was Taekwondo, if you want. And I'm like, uh, and so what? <laughs> okay, and I didn't even realize, like I went into the ring, the girl was like two times taller than me. No. And I, the thing that was funny is that I didn't even know where to stand up for the, like, we do, like, we bow to each other before the mm-hmm. game. I didn't even know, knew where to stand <laughs> up. Like, I was there, I was so lost. And it was so funny. During the video, you see my mom filming and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> she was a Taekwondo athlete? My mom used to do Taekwondo, actually. Okay. Yeah. But she never competed because, you know, I know before... Like, even in all Lebanon, they didn't use to compete, like, that much, like, right now. Okay. Just She just did it for fun. Okay. So, I played the world championship, and I lost. <laughs> like, she got, she was the world, she, she got the title of the world champion, this Iranian girl. Yani. I had the first fight with her, and she just warmed up with my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was so funny. But since then, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I like Taekwondo. Even though I went in, and I got hit. <laughs> And I went out and I'm like, oh my God, I like Taekwondo and it's really nice. And since then I started traveling more and more and more and stopping like one sport at a time. Like I stopped swimming, I stopped tennis and then focusing more on like one thing, which was Taekwondo. 
Wow, that's so powerful. I, I love this because there's a, a book I just bought that's called The One Thing. And it talks about how to achieve like extraordinary results. And it says those people focus on just one thing. Yeah. And that's really, really cool. I wanted, you said you started very young, 13 black belt. At 10, I had my yellow belt. <laughs> I never saw anyone that was 13 with that level of, of, of mastery of a sport. So how did it go so fast? How did you go from yellow to green to the... Actually, I started a bit late. I was like eight or nine, I think nine years old. Okay. It's considered late. Like when I was there, I remember seeing people like younger than me. They had red belts, black belts. Like, you know, when I was like 10, people had 10 years old had black belts. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm not considered like a person who started early. Okay. And I stopped a lot. Like I did, let's say I did Taekwondo like, okay, for two months. And then I stopped for like three months. And I came back and continued like... And when I had the brown belt, the coach told my mom, okay, she's really good. She can play the Lebanese championship with the red belts. Okay. And like jump like three or four, like we have brown, red, red, red mm -hmm. with one stripe, two stripes, like jump like four belts. And if she wins the championship, she can have her black belt. Okay. And that's what happened. Wow. 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 Do you feel like you had a, a talent inside of it or did it just develop because you put in the work i think i had the fighter's mentality since i was a kid okay because i grew up between three boys my two cousins and my brother okay and we always used to fight all the time like hit each other and <laughs> yeah so that's i think i just had the fighter's mentality not the skills if you want i'm sure like half the class knew how to kick better than me but i never gave up like let's say we played a fight i got hit on the head i didn't go on the side and cry and started crying and were everything so I just continued and I think that's what like got me where I am wow that's powerful so one one day with your brothers and cousins you were like fuck you <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's where you realize you had something okay that's amazing I'm just gonna start with the intro I'm your host Fuad and today we have a very special guest if you are new to the show, this is a show about spiritual and self-development that aims at one thing. It's for high, performance, high performers that want to add peace, meaning, and fulfillment into their daily productive life. So on today's episode, and by the way, the show is every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern. We have new exclusive guests and we share awakening conversations. Today's guest is Leticia On. And... She is an Arab Taekwondo champion. She just won it. And she represents Lebanon all over the world as a Taekwondo master. And also the most beautiful thing is that she inspires and is a role model for lots of young kids who practice the sport also. So her expertise is basically that she mastered the, the art of or the discipline of Taekwondo. And by the end of this episode you will have learned how to have the athlete mindset, so an empowering mind mindset from a martial artist. And you'll have number two, which is the ability to balance um, how to be a high performer, which is crazy. We'll come back to it because you're... Um, I was doing the research. I'm like, what the fuck? How does she do it? Um, and number three, we're going to figure out how she achieved sustained success over the years and kept going up and getting better and better and better. So if you're an entrepreneur, an artist, or an athlete, you will find a lot of value in this episode because it will be filled with gems from a master at her, at her sport. 
So, Leticia, welcome to Rich Inside. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me, first of all. Of course, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Leticia is not only uh, all these things that I just talked about, she's also a friend. So it makes it easier to have the talk and to just be chill. Yeah. When I was doing the research, what I found really interesting, I tried to find kind of what interests me in your story. And I found that you, which is crazy, I still can't believe how you did it. You jumped rankings. In 2022, you were 66 in the world. 2023, 31st in the world. 2024, which is today, you're, no, you're ranked number 16th worldwide. And you just won the Arab Taekwondo Championship. How? How? <laughs> Look, you know, I didn't even know that I jumped that far. <laughs> like, you just made me realize, like, what I did. Mm -hmm. It wasn't actually a straight line. Mm -hmm. Like, when did you start seeing my ranking? In what year? They said in 2022, 66. 66. Okay, yeah. Actually, I started competing with the plus 18, the seniors. Okay. In 2019. Okay. But that's when, like, you start getting ranking points for the seniors. Okay. But then, like, I broke my leg in 2019, and in 2020, there was COVID. So I don't really count that I started in 2020, 2019, but in 2021. Okay. Okay. And then, like, I saw my ranking, and I had the Olympic qualifiers for Tokyo, like, right after COVID. Like, I had no chance to, like, participate in other competitions. It was directly the qualifiers. Okay. And before that, I felt like that my level in juniors, it was a world-class level, if you want. And then in seniors, it came back to a like super normal level. I fought in 2019 with, with some of the like uh, athletes outside, Olympic medalists. And I was losing like with a big, uh, a huge point difference. So in 2021, I'm like, I want to get my level back. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was my main goal. I want to be like, like when I was a junior before I broke my foot and I want to just get this level back mm -hmm. so in 2021 I played the Olympic qualifiers even though I lost I realized that I got my level back because I got the third place I had to be first or second to qualify mm -hmm. I got the third place but I had just lost with a girl that later on she got bronze at the Olympics wow. with a very small point difference and there I was like Okay, it's good. I have my level back. Now let's work on that. And then I continued. And since then, I took every opportunity to participate in all the international competitions. Like we have many of them. Like even if I, want, I win a match, I will have like ranking points. Mm -hmm. So I took everything as positive. Okay, I'm traveling. I win one match, two, two, two matches. It's okay. I get like six points. That's great mm -hmm. for my ranking. It's going to increase. So I didn't stop. Like, if you see how in how many competitions I participate in 2022, 2023, you'll be shocked. Like, every month I traveled like two times or three times sometimes. Yeah. So that's what like helped me jump rankings. But mainly, mainly it was my support system. Because without them, like, <laughs> everything I did, like, I could, couldn't have done it. Especially like my parents, they were always next to me. They traveled with me like most of the time. Okay, sometimes that wasn't a great thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's your parents, they're with you, and you mm -hmm. have to be, like, tough in the competition. You don't need someone to come and hug you and kiss you <laughs> and everything. But no, it's great. Like, I like when they're with me. And especially my teammates and my friends, they were very, very, very supportive. Mm -hmm. But I think mainly the person that, like, pushed me to go 
through all these competitions. And even after losing, he pushed me like to continue. Okay, you lost, forget it. Mm -hmm. Just let's look at the positive side and go to the next competition. It was my coach. Okay. And like without him, I wouldn't be here. And the president of the federation, like I'm not talking to like talk about them because president of the federation and everything, but really one time in 2019, I wanted to stop and he was like, Leticia, you can do whatever you want, but if you want to continue, I'm here and I'm with you. I'm next to you. Just give me the okay. Give me the green light and I will be next to you until you stop. And really, after every competition, he used to check up on me, him and my coach, even if I lost, even if I want won, whatever the results were, like these people, they pushed me to the point where I am today. That's amazing that you started with this because it's really important as an athlete to have that support system because sometimes it gets tough on your own, especially yeah. in like in dealing with everything sports. yourself, Yeah. right? So... That's what we're going to cover today. So remember before the, the podcast, I called you, we called and we said, okay, what would make this a success? You said, I want this to show the behind, you said it here, show the be behind the surface, beyond the med medals and the success and the podiums, show the reality of what it takes on the path to achieve a goal. And that's what, exactly what we're going to do, just like okay. you said. So before the Arab champion championship, we were, you called me a few days ago and we, you said that you got injured? Yes, that's true. Okay. What? Actually, I broke my thumb three months ago, if you want. Okay, I remember. Okay, and I did an operation. And usually when, when you do that, you have to like uh, avoid all kinds of contact for six months. And then you have to remove the piece of metal and then avoid contact for like another six okay. months. <laughs> it's a very long process. Yeah. Okay, but I like not ignored it, but I have... I had no other choice than to compete with it, with my broken thumb. But that wasn't the main problem for the Arab Championship. I dislocated my shoulder 10 days before. And my, and my ankle, I sprained my ankle like maybe three days before. Nobody knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> the ankle sprains, sprains, they don't count anymore. They don't count. <laughs> no. <laughs> shoulder dislocations, okay, I had to stop for two days training. But yeah, that's okay. I always take the things like in a positive way. Okay, okay. I dislocated my shoulder... I had I rested my body for two days. It's a good thing for the competition. I had to rest. I could rest. <laughs> <laughs> and the ankle sprain okay. doesn't like doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> so you had a broken thumb. You had an ankle sprain and a shoulder dislocation, and yeah. you still won. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. That's literally extraordinary. I've never heard someone actually do this. Insane. Okay. And you also. That's not only it. That's not only it. You told me that also the weight cut. Oh my God, the weight cut. <laughs> okay, the day, okay. Every year, the first competition I play, it's mm -hmm. like after three or four months where we had like a break, okay. kind of. And during the break, like I go out with my friends, I eat, I get <laughs> fat. So I arrived at this competition with three extra kilos, three kilos overweight. Okay. I was 60, I play under 57 kilos. Okay, and the way in was on the next day. And if you want, I wasn't the only one. My friends okay. too, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to lose three kilos in uh, 12 hours, if you want. And I did it. Okay, good. <laughs> How did you lose three kilos in... in, in that's crazy, how? how yeah. What was the process the like? Process uh, mentally, what was it like also? Okay, it's the second time I do this. Okay, usually I'm a bit 
more careful about my weight before the competition. Like I try to yeah. stay like two or one kilo like far from my weight, like 59, mm -hmm. 58. But this time, because it's the first competition, it was hard, like losing mm -hmm. all the weight and everything and with uni. So I trained one time with a sauna suit the night before the weigh-in. I dropped a kilo and a half. Okay. And then I slept and like 700 grams went down and the rest I did sauna. Wow, that's all. Yeah, so it's, if you want, I stopped drinking water for like 12 hours. That's fascinating. And how, how did it feel mentally going through this excruciating process? Okay, before I traveled, you all, I felt like I wasn't going to make it. I'm not going to lie. Like before going on the plane, I told my coach, I don't think I'm going to make it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I called the president of the federation. I told him, look, uh, can I change weights? Can I play in the other category? He's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You can't. Okay. You have to lose the weight. And I understand, like, I have a responsibility. That's my weight. All my ranking points, my ranking 16th in the world mm. is on this, this weight. weight. And I have very important competition coming up on this weight. I can't just change like this at the last minute so i'm like okay i have to lose the weight i'm gonna do everything i can it was mentally exhausting like the day before the weigh-in i hate my sports <laughs> i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i'm like why I, am i even doing this is it even worth it because i'm in a state where like before the weigh-in i was lying down and my physiotherapist was knocking at the door and he's like, Leticia, come out and everything. I'm like, okay, just give me a minute for me to stand up because when I stood up, I was very dehydrated. I saw black dots everywhere. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, just give me a minute. It's awful before the way. And when I lose it in a bad way, when I lose my, my weight in a bad way, mm -hmm. I did this once before. Mm -hmm. Only we had the Islamic games in Turkey and it was during summer and I was with my friend and everything. And, you know, like everybody thinks that I'm just fully focused on Taekwondo. I am. But like during summer, like I'm human. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go out with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I arrived there also with three kilos and had to lose them also in a bad way. But there, there was my coach. It was mm -hmm. the first time I did, I did it. He's like, okay, you have to do it. He woke up with me at 6 a.m., he went with me to train. We just arrived like at night and like the plane arrived at night in Turkey at maybe at like 11. Mm -hmm. And the next day he woke up with me at 6 a.m. because my weigh-in was at 10 mm. and to train. There was no sauna. To just train and remove the all the kilos, the three kilos I had the day before. Mm. So that's why I remembered like what happened before. And I'm like, okay, this time it can't be worse than last time. And I did it once. So why not do it twice? And that's it. First of all, that's extremely tough. Yeah. Because yeah. I know MMA, UFC, uh, martial artists, they go through it and it's hell. It's literally hell. I can see it on their face. So I, can ima I can't imagine what you went through. What, what helps you to keep going when it gets like, why am I doing this? This is so... All these questions your mind starts asking. Like something there... Now in uh, Fujaira, in the Arab Championship, yeah. that helped me. I had friends losing weight with me. And I'm okay. like, okay, they look up to me, some of them, and I can't let them down. Like, if I stop and if I give up, what am I leaving for them? Mm -hmm. So I just took my friends and I'm like, okay, we will make it and we're going to lose the weight. Okay? <laughs> I took them with me. We trained. You did a motivational speech. Yeah. You went on the table. <laughs> 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 I'm like, okay, let's go, let's train. And during training, they were dying. And I was dying too. I'm like, no, you can't give up. And in the sauna, I was like, you're not allowed to go out. <laughs> you have to stay in. 
<laughs> but yeah, what keeps me going actually is yeah. like, I think, okay, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> okay. And every time I do it again, <laughs> I look at the big picture and like, okay, I'm, I'm training every day, mm-hmm. four hours, two hours gym, two hours taekwondo. And I'm doing all of this and I just have to do one thing I don't like to get what I want, mm. which is losing weight. Why not? Like, why not do it? If I just suffer for 24 hours, I will have what I want. Like, in the fight, then it's over. Like, I love fighting. Okay, I'm going to enjoy it. So, 24 hours of suffering are worth it. Are worth it. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. I really find also a thing that you talk about a lot. You said every lesson, every failure, every bone broken, everything that went wrong was a lesson. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, let's say now when I broke my thumb. Yeah. Okay. I have like a really important competition in a month. Okay. Breaking my thumb. Okay. Four months before it's actually the Olympic qualifiers. Four okay. months before the Olympic qualifiers is not a good thing at all. Okay. okay. And I remember before breaking it, I went through a period where my performance, not actually my performance, but mentally I wasn't like ready to fight and I was getting a bit lost Mm. like during competitions like I I always thought that no I'm not good enough and everything and I was like pushing things too much Mm. I was trying to go to more competitions more things and it wasn't aligning up like I I was physically ready Mm -hmm. but like I needed a break okay and nobody saw it nobody told me okay like take a break but I think God saw it and he broke my thumb (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, okay, you have to take a break. Okay. And I reached a point where I was going to like just leave the sport. Wow. Because it was so exhausting, overwhelming with uni- university and everything. Like four months ago. And th- then I was like, it's, I'm, I'm so close to my goal. And I still want to leave the sport. Okay. And then I broke my thumb. When I broke it at the moment, look, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't very sad. Okay. And it's weird. Yeah. Because usually when an athlete gets injured, like it's the end of the world for them. But mm-hmm. I wasn't very sad. And I'm there I realized that I need a break. And I should have taken that break without breaking my thumb. Just like two weeks off were enough, I think. But then I had to take a month and a half. I did, a, I did an operation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm in med school. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, my thumb is important. I was thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to have to choose between med school and taekwondo. And I really don't want to do that because mm. I don't know what specialty I'm going to go into. But if it's surgical, I need my thumb. Yeah. So I took a month and a half break from taekwondo. And then when I came back, everything changed. It was more clear. Like, I liked the sport again. Mm. I was happy with what I was doing. So that's one thing that showed me, like, you know, injuries. I Just look at the positive side of it. And not just that, like... uh one of my coaches told me, Leticia, just think positively. And, okay, you broke it. It's okay. It's a break mentally for you. And then you can continue. You're going to be better later on. And he was right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I like how you take the positive in everything, which I think the best athletes have that. Um, I, we, you were talking also, we were talking about the fact of kind of the mind, how it can be either your enemy or your ally whether that's before or during the fight. So before the fight, once the thoughts start <laughs> coming in, 
first of all, what's what's the thoughts like? And second of all, how do you react to make sure you're at peak performance? Okay. I'm going to tell you how it went with me throughout the years. Okay. Okay. When I was a junior, I didn't really think. <laughs> I just went into the fight. Of course, there's always a bit of stress. And stress is good. It helps you focus. But I didn't really think through like my opponent, what I was doing. I just went in and fought. I think that really helped me. And I lost that when I became a senior. Not really lost it, but mm-hmm. when you're a senior and you have Instagram and social media <laughs> and you have the rankings and you have the famous players and you start playing against them, it's not that easy anymore. You can't just go in and fight and snub everything. Mm. Like, you know, there's someone great against, that's playing against you. So at first, I struggled a little bit. Okay, because I'm like, oh my God, this person, you know, she's going to play against me. But I did it once, only once. I had to play against a girl. I'm not going to name the country, but it was my second fight. And I saw her a lot on social media. I went in and with it, thinking like, she's better than me. And I just lost with a big point difference. Mm. I went out, my coach told me, why did you play like that? You didn't even kick. I didn't even kick. I did nothing. And I told him why. And he's like, you shouldn't do that anymore. Next time you think like that, come and talk to me. I talked to no one. And then after this competition, I never, never, never did that same mistake again. Now I go in the competition and I don't care who's in front of me. I'm here to do my best. I'm here to play. Because always my coach tells me, remember who you are. And he's right. I'm not nobody. Like, okay, they're famous, they're good. But I am too, okay? So I go in a fight and... I'm just, I enjoy fighting. So when, right before going in my fight, all the stress, like it goes away. And even if I'm playing against a double Olympic champion or I don't know who, Mm -hmm. or even someone that I never saw playing, I think in the same way, like you have to do your best. You have to play like this, 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 and you have to do like everything. Like my coach gives me a plan. I have to do the plan. Okay. I don't, even if the fight is easy, like there's no easy fight if you want. I go in with a plan and I play the same way I will play with an Olympic champion as I'm going to play with someone who never won any medals. That reminds me right away of the moment where you said you were winning a fight 10-0 and... (laughs) Bad memory. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's important to, uh, to have that mindset with whoever you're playing with. Yeah, okay. The thing is, sometimes Mm -hmm. you have that mindset. Yeah. The fight is, it's a two-minute fight, mm-hmm. okay? Two-minute round, if you want, and mm. it's three rounds. During the fight, a lot of things go through my head, okay? okay? And sometimes it's, they're just absurd, okay? Like, <laughs> like this, what? What do you mean absurd? Like, I zone out. Okay. Sometimes I, play, I zone out and I think about anything, about my friends. <laughs> I don't know, I'm in the middle of a fight. I think okay. about something else. Mm. The 10-0 story, it was, I was actually playing against the world champion in the quarterfinals of the Asian Games. Okay, Asian Games, yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah, no, this year, tw- no, last year, 2023. Mm. Okay, it's like the Olympics of Asia. It's a very important uh, competition. Okay. Okay. And I was the flag bearer there, so they expected me to get the medal. So the pressure sometimes, especially in Lebanon, like we're an individual sport and yeah. we have no support. It's sometimes too much. I'm not going to lie about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I lose, I feel like I left a whole nation down because like they're, they're mainly like relying on me. Okay, you have to get a medal. 
and they showed it. They, they're like, okay, you have, you're the flag bearer. You have to get the medal. And five years ago, when I was a junior, I got the medal at the Asian Games. So I'm like, I can't not get a medal this time. Mm-hmm. I went into the quarterfinals against her. And she won the first round. I won the second round. The third round, I was winning 10-0. Okay? 10-0 is a lot. Okay. But this was during the period I told you, like where I wasn't really feeling well about the sport. I wanted to stop. Mm. Even before the competition, like uh, I was overwhelmed with everything, with university, with everything. Yeah. During the, I don't know what happened. I was winning 10-0. I needed two more points to like finish the game. And I felt like, what am I doing? Do I even deserve to win? Like, I don't know what I felt. But like my legs weren't working anymore. The stress, it wasn't fatigue. I wasn't tired. Okay. I think it was the stress, my legs. My coach was telling me, do this kick. I wasn't doing the kick. Why? I think maybe I felt like she's better. She's a world champion. Like, why would I win against her? Okay. And Mm. I I really don't know what happened at the time. But I managed to lose, which is impossible. (laughs) But that's okay. Because then I realized that a lot of my friends, like they went through the same thing. A lot of high level athletes, world champions, they came, they talked to me, they told me, Letisa, I had the same thing. And it's normal. Mm. Like you can lose 10 0 and then win. And I actually did it. I don't know why I was shocked, but lots of competitions, I was losing 10 0 and then won again. Wow. Because I started with this bad mentality that I'm not good enough and then switched. But this time it was the opposite. I didn't even know I could do that. <laughs> like starting with the good mentality during the fight and ending up with a bad one. Usually, for me, it's usually the opposite. That's that's really interesting, because first of all, I I, I know what it feels like to to have those thoughts. In whatever thing you're performing, right? You have those thoughts. I'm not good enough. You're you're not gonna do as well as you think. You're gonna fail. And here for you, for example, with the Arab Championship, what was the mindset switch? in the self-talk, what changed? Okay, I was there because I was just grateful to be there. Okay. Because when I broke my thumb, I thought at the moment, like, I'm not going to come back. Like, med school is more, more important for me. I'm not going to come back. Uh, I'm scared for my thumb. I'm scared, I'm scared to break it. So when I was there, I'm ju- I was just happy to be there. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I was just having fun. I'm like, okay, you know, right now, I just could be in Lebanon studying and <laughs> not being there and like stopped I could have been stopping taekwondo and khalas you know so I, w- I just went there with the mentality of Letisa you're here just have fun enjoy it like just show them what you have and that's what I did that's the most beautiful thing because it, it frees you right yeah you're freed from the exactly, pressure yeah. of performing in, in the fights when you're in front of the opponent and it starts I want to know more about, like, do you get into those flow states where it's like, okay, there's no more thoughts. It's just zoned in. Usually, yes. Okay. I get into this, like, zone in when I step into the ring before the fight starts. Okay, like, because we step into the ring, we have to to, do the protector test because we play with sensors. So we have to check the sensors. Ah, okay. I never knew this. Okay. Yeah, we have sensors in our uh, feet and on the protectors we have sensors and our headgear we have sensors. Okay. So we do the test and everything. When I step into the ring and I tell bite my coach, (laughs) (laughs) like I zone in in, like directly after it. And when they start the fight, I just, I don't think about it as a fight. I think about it as a game if you want. 
I'm like, okay, let's get the points. And I start. And you just focus one point at a time? Yeah, I focus one point at a time and not doing mistakes. More of getting points. Like I'm like, okay, don't do mistakes. Is there a trigger that you said before you get in the ring, you get into the zone? Is there something you do that helps you to get in the zone or is it natural? No, actually, no. I never thought about it. Really? <laughs> It's just It just comes alone. Because you know, you know LeBron James? Yeah. He does like the, he takes the call. That's an anchor for his mind to get into uh, the zone. Okay. So no. there's a lot of athletes that do it intentionally. Cool. So it's really cool that you do it and you're, there's no trigger. It's just natural because you've done it so much. Yeah, no, it just comes alone. I never thought about it really like okay. directly. Sometimes I go into fights and I'm not focused. I'm not going to lie. Like some of the fights, I start them. I'm just listening to my friends screaming and thinking about I don't know what. And then my coach, when I hear his voice, I just focus back. Okay. I think his voice is your trigger. Lot. Yeah, I think. <laughs> okay. His scream actually. <laughs> his scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of the clips. First of all, I was really surprised that not only you have kicks in Taekwondo, but you have punches. Yeah. Which is uh, for me a new thing that I never knew, and. Here it's it's important for me because we said the kind of the three objectives. The first one is to to discover that kind of mindset of a martial artist. It's important for me to know, okay, when you're losing, how do you get yourself back up? When I'm losing, I don't look at the score. I think, okay. You let go of the outcome. Yeah, something. I'm like, okay, I want to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm okay. I want to kill her, but I'm going to stay calm. Because okay. if I don't stay calm, she's going to get more points on me. Like if you run on your opponent, she's going to get more points on you. So you have to stay, stay calm and wow. just continue playing the game. But you have to be more aggressive. And that's what I do. I just add aggressivity to the game and go like all attack if you want. There's a very fine line because how do you control that aggression, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's very hard. Like during the fight, sometimes you get kicked on your head. Oh, well, and, I can't imagine. And you can't, like, get your, you can't hit back to your opponent on their head, like, right away. Because if you do it, you're going to get hit back another time. So you have to calm down, <laughs> take the kick in, like, accept, okay, I got hit on the head, and just, like, could just calm down, and then start again. Because if you get, like, uh, angry and frustrated, you're going to lose. Mm. And that's the thing, I think, like, Before when I was a cadet, okay, I used to get kicked on the head. I'm like, no, no, I want to get my points back. I used to run again and get kicked back on the head and then kick them on the head. And it was like a mess. Now, no, okay, they kick me on the head. I calm down. It's no problem. Just a point. It's just a game. You know, it's not like, I don't take it personally, the head kick. <laughs> like, okay, I take it as a score. Okay, she got three points. I don't think of it of it, like, oh, she hit me on the head. Because if I do, I'm going to like get angry and lose. Wow, that, that's very interesting. Because usually when you get angry, it's when you take it personal. Yeah. You're like, no. But you have kind of the stoic mindset. Yeah, if you want. Like, I stay calm, okay? You hit me, I don't care. I'm going to just wait and wait for the right moment to get my points back. Yeah. I like this. I think it could help a lot of young athletes that face this. Because especially fighters and martial artists, it's all about control. Right, controlling yourself mostly. Yeah, it's very, very important. And how did you build that self-control more? Because I, for example, me, I was a very, you were, I th 
if you remember, I was a very aggressive uh, troublemaker kid, yeah. right? And I used to get into a lot of fights and all the rest. I had to learn how to control myself through meditation, through reading, through whatever. How did you do it? At school, I was also a troublemaker. <laughs> I wasn't that calm kid in class. So I think competition after competition, I realized that if I want to win, I have to look at not what's going to happen for like, okay, if I want to win, mm -hmm. okay, and I want the final score to be in my favor, I have to do this. I have to calm down. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's what my coach told me. He's like, you have to calm down. If you play and you're calm, you can win. Because I watched, he showed me two fights. One of my fights where I was playing like a crazy kid, not thinking, just kicking everywhere. And another fight where I was playing like a calm person, calm but aggressive person. And I saw the difference. And like when you see things in, right in front of you, you can't deny them. And I saw the difference. Like I performed so much better in the first, in the one where I was calm than the other one. And yeah, it took time. Like, I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I get kicked on the head, I get pissed. But now I like, I keep it in. <laughs> I can't like, I can't burst out because I'm gonna lose. I just think like, what do I want at the moment? What do I want? I wanna win. Okay, she, get, she kicks me on the head, I don't care. That's it. That's interesting. Because for some people it's journaling to become aware of, okay, when they're not doing stuff right or wrong, you had to see it visually yeah. and see the before, like the angry version and the calm version to realize, okay, it's smarter to go that way. And so it's important because kids also have to develop that awareness to change. So if you're always fighting with anger, you won't be at your best. Yeah, exactly. So it's important to, to kind of be aware of it either through journal journaling or videos. I think that's, that's important. And it's, it's a point that I haven't thought of before, which I think is interesting. Okay, I, I've put a couple of points down, but I want to make it a free flow because uh, usually that's how I like to perform best. But I want to see, because there's some things that you said that were really, really interesting. So you said rival three years ago, and okay. that's one point. We could, you can go wherever route you want. Um, you said the challenges you faced, and one of the most interesting was, okay, we covered this one. I want to figure, because you said the failure at the Olympics qualification at Tokyo, if you would have stopped, you wouldn't have had the best three years of your yeah, life. Tell true. me more about this. Okay, so I told you that my first major competition, if you want, as a senior, was the Olympic qualifiers. Mm -hmm. Like right after COVID, it was like, boom. You have to go and perform at the, like, if you want, hardest competition for the like with the highest things to lose you know like if you don't qualify you, you're losing an olympic place so mm -hmm. i lost there i won three fights and uh, i lost the the fourth if you want the qualifying match okay with like the score was so close mm -hmm. like we were the score was like uh, 10 10 let's say at 30 seconds it was like so close then i lost after that like of course one day, two days after it, I was so sad. I'm like, okay, I want to stop. And then I realized that, why? Why do I want to stop? Because I lost one competition? No. Because I'm not going to the Olympics? No. And it's good. I think that if I had gone to the Tokyo Olympics, I would have stopped, stopped right away because it's like a goal, okay? You went to the Olympics, now you can stop. 
But then I didn't stop. And 2021, 2022, 2023 were the best Taekwondo years of my life. Like... I don't know how to explain it, but I made so many friends from all around the world. And I traveled with my team and we had so much fun. Like, I think the best trips are the trips with your teammates. And it's much better than the competition, than everything. And I reached my best level during these years. Like, I reached it, like 16th in the world. <laughs> like, who would have thought? <laughs> you know, and now if I look back, and you tell me, do you want to qualify to the Tokyo 2021 Olympics? I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. And it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because if I had qualified and I went, I would have stopped after it. I wouldn't have had Taekwondo in 2022, 2023, 2024. And this like really shaped me, really changed my character, changed all my life, if you want. I traveled like to countries I wouldn't even imagine I'd go there. I think everything happens for a reason. And I'm just going to go with this idea all my life. Because, like, at the time, I was so angry when mm -hmm. I didn't qualify. I was so sad. And for two days, it was, like, very bad. And then, because something that helped me also is that I'm not a very emotional person. So I get sad, like, two, three days, and then, okay. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, really helped me. And I think, like, that everything happens for a reason, if you want. That's beautiful, because someone else would have like stop the after the qualifications and said no i'm done you know because it's tough like you you spent your whole entire life kind of preparing for this for that competition yeah that's true it's very tough what's even more tough and which i find crazy about you and i don't know how you're not crazy yet is that you're also you're not only a top a taekwondo athlete but you're also a top medical student that's true <laughs> okay Let's take a step back. How do, how do you do it? How do I do it? How do you balance? Okay, basically, how do you balance being a high performer, not in one thing, in two things at the same time? Okay, the thing is, before people told me and asked me that question, I thought it was normal, you know. It's normal <laughs> it's for me normal. to do both. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And then I realized that, no, no not mm -hmm. everyone can do it and not everyone appreciates to do it. Mm -hmm. Actually, the thing is, when you study that much in med school, I think you need a break. <laughs> and for me, the break is training. Okay. And you have to let like everything out. Yeah. So training for me is more like a break of med school. And I have fun. I enjoy it. Okay. And when I travel, it's like, wow, two days with nothing <laughs> to study because I have something to focus on. It's not like I'm having fun with my friends and I feel guilty because I'm not studying. It's like, it's like a break. If you want, it's my rest. Taekwondo is me resting from med school. And med school is me resting from Taekwondo. Like, okay. <laughs> when I do one thing, maybe my definition of rest is not the same <laughs> as everyone. It's not sitting on the couch and sleeping. Yeah. But, yeah, I think of it that way. And when, let's say, when I do Taekwondo, I forget everything. When I train, I just think about training. Like, I don't think about anything else. So I'm just focused on one thing. And when I study... I just focus on like what I'm studying. Like, I don't think I have time to zone out when studying for medical stuff. Okay, because I don't have the, like we have a lot of material. So I'm just focused on that thing, specific thing when I'm doing it. Mm. And I think like the thing that helped me is my focus. Like the ability to focus on one thing at a time and like just stay on it for like two, three hours without zoning out. I think that really helped me that's powerful a lot of people struggle with focus like it's hard 
Yeah, uh, I know. Do you have some things that help? In September, when I told you I wanted to stop, I lost my focus on everything. On okay. I couldn't even focus on studying, on training. Like when I was training, training, I was thinking about my exam. Mm. When I was studying, I was thinking about my performance. And so I don't have a specific thing, but like just focus on what's right in front of you. Like, okay, now if I'm studying, mm. if I think about my weight, for example, how is that going to help? I'm just thinking about it. You know, how is that going to help? I just have to focus on what what's right in front of me. I'm studying, let's say, a case, a medical case. I just have to focus on it because if I focus on, I'm thinking about about my competition or stressing about it. On how is that going to help? It's not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when I'm in a fight, I'm just thinking about the fight, like thinking about what I didn't study or how late I am, as usual, <laughs> in studying <laughs> stuff. It's not going to help. So that's what I think, like just focus on what's right in front of you. That's amazing. What really pops to mind right away when you say medical school, you told me it was when you were younger, a kid, it was your dream to be a doctor, yeah. right? When you said to the teachers and students around you that you were going to be a doctor right before going to uni, there was a lot of people doubting you, right? That's true. And actually, Why, why were they doubting? What were, what were they doubting? Okay, I was... A troublemaker at school and okay. I, I wasn't like very focused I didn't have the best the best grades I had average grades and everything but I knew I wasn't like doing my best like I was having fun I was focused more a bit on taekwondo mm -hmm. and a funny story about that when I was I had the training camp uh, in Morocco like uh, this month mm -hmm. okay and I bumped into an old teacher in the plane <laughs> that okay I was Like, I regret what I did to that teacher. <laughs> what did you nice. do? I wasn't not nice. I was a bit of a... I used to talk a lot in class and everything. Okay. So for me, he saw me as the troublemaker kid. Okay. So he, he asked me, well, Letizia, hi, how are you? But I really like him, okay? Well, how are you and everything? And what are you doing now? I'm like, uh, I'm in med school. And he looked at me and he was shocked. He was like, how? What? <laughs> Why? And what happened to the world? <laughs> okay. And uh, then I was like, uh, yeah, a lot happened. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, actually, you were a smart kid. Like, I had... I had good grades in the subjects I wanted to have good, to have good grades on. Mm. And when I put my mind into like an exam, I used to get like good grades. But yeah, in school, when I told them I wanted to be a doctor, they're like, no, you can't, uh, not directly, but you know, it's not your style. You have to study more. It's not your lifestyle. You, you go out a lot. You travel a lot. It's not going to work with you. They were not very supportive. And some teachers were like, no, no, you have to work. You have to be much smarter if you want. Mm. So that demotivated me a little bit. Mm. Okay. And my parents were supportive of everything I did. They're like, you can do whatever you want. You want to be a doctor, be a doctor. You want to do pharmacy, do pharmacy. You want to do business, do business. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my parents like weren't like pushing me towards like uh, a specific direction, but in the right direction if you mm -hmm. want. Okay. So I said, okay, I'm going to do pharmacy. And I went, I started, I did a year and a half of pharmacy and realized that I don't like it. And why, why don't I like it? And I went and did it. And then I realized it's because people demotivated me because I listened to what people said. And, and you li didn't listen to your heart. I didn't to listen you... to my heart and what I wanted. And then a year and a half later, 
يعني imagine it took me that much time to realize <laughs> that I don't like what I'm doing mm-hmm. and that I actually want to change and in just two days I sent an email I want to change majors and my friends told me Tia you're crazy usually people they change from pre-med to pharmacy because they think they're not going to make it to med school and it's very hard it's a, a lot of competition like it's mm-hmm. a big risk because to get into med school it's not easy I think mm. you know it Yeah, of course. And they take out of 400 applicants, like 60 people, and they're like, you're crazy. You're going from pharmacy, something that's, you know, if you want a safer and a safer option, to pre-med, bio, not even med school. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't like what I'm doing. I, I want to be a doctor. And I switched. And when I switched, I went to my dad. I told him, dad, I switched. <laughs> and he looked at me and he was shocked. <laughs> But he was happy. So you didn't tell him before? <laughs> no, and my, and my mom too. You're I'm exactly like, like me. Like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Yeah, mom, dad, I'm a pre-med major now. And they're like, what? <laughs> and we're happy and mm. we're very, very, very supportive. Mm-hmm. And that's how it happened. That's crazy. Yeah. Did you have a moment where you were like, this might be a big, big, big risk? Or like Taekwondo will... Like it will be tough for me to 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 do taekwondo whilst I'm doing medical school, which in of itself is really fucking stressful. Like I have a lot of friends that do it, and I don't see that much. So <laughs> I keep going out with my friends at least like once or twice per week to help me like balance everything. Yeah, to help me like stay sane if you want. <laughs> and like taekwondo, if you want, is more burning out than med school. Mm-hmm. I think. Maybe now, because med school, we're still like not in the clinical years yet. Mm-hmm. Med one, med two, it's like more of a theory and practice with the actors. You don't really have real patients in front of you. So Taekwondo is more burning out, if you want. <laughs> so med school is more of a break, a break from Taekwondo. Like, you know, when I study, I rest from training, if you want. So, and I just always go out to my friends to... to like break things, like uh, like not always stay under stress. So it's important for young athletes that have this crazy ambition to also take rest and breaks. And yeah, and they shouldn't like give up on their social life because that's very, very important. Like mm. without my social life, without my friends, without my family, everything I do, like I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, like I can't always train and... always study without having fun. It's impossible. Like we're human. No way you can't mm. not go to a party. And <laughs> like not every weekend if you want, but uh, once per month at least, you know. When I used to play football because I competed for 10 years, when I used to go out to parties, I used to feel so guilty. I used to feel that way. I went to a party yesterday. I'm traveling tomorrow for a competition. You can just go and like leave early and don't drink you shouldn't really feel guilty mm. because like for me, it's like a way of having fun before having to focus again and study again. You know, it's like you let your energy out if you want, or you, you have fun. You have to have fun. You can't. That's the thing. It's, it's important. It's really yeah. important. I feel like not only are you challenging the stereotype of uh, Arab women sports uh, people, But you're also a very big role model to, to young kids who do Taekwondo and martial arts. What's kind of your message to them if they are in that phase where you were before, where um, they are ambitious about the sport, but 
Not sure about it. Not sure. Yeah, okay. Of course, when you're a teen, you're going to be like, you know, why am I doing this? Why can't I go out with my friends every day, like them, party every day? Okay, it's nice to do that, and you should. Like, I don't encourage, like, people who do sports to stop going out with their friends, no. But there is, you have to find a balance, a middle ground. Because now that we're, like, if you want adults, I realize that now, like, I'm doing something that I love. And people that were, like, partying all the time, they d- they're, like, lost. They're searching something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I just realized it. like, now I'm holding on to my sports more than before. When I was 16, 17, I didn't realize that. Like, it's a big, big thing. Plus, like, when you're doing that sport, you have friends around you that are like you, like, in the team. Okay? So you're not, like, they might feel that they're missing out on things, but you're not. You have all your life to go out, to have fun, to meet people, to have friends. But the friends that you're going to make in sports, it's different. It's like really something different. And the discipline you're going to get from the sport, the how, how can I explain it? Like you, you gain things, you don't even realize you gain them until later on. Like, for example, this uh, self-control that I gained from the sport and this patience I I wasn't like that when I was when I was a kid. I was very hyperactive, very like uh, <laughs> bursting out, you know. Like this thing, I realized that I gained it like from the sport, mm-hmm. and I was a very shy person. And I think that the sport and helped me like uh, be a, like a more open person, you know. So if someone is thinking like, is it worth it? Is it not? Am I to the level? Like even if you're not a world class level athlete. But you're doing something that you like. You're doing something with purpose. You're traveling. You have friends. You're in a team. Like, I think that's so much better than just going out with your friends because you can go out with your friends every day. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you do it for a month, then you're going to be bored. You're going to see, you know, okay, then what's the point? Exactly. And it gives you a sense of, of purpose. Yeah. When I was younger and you also were a troublemaker, maybe me a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more. I was a very, very hey, confused sometimes very angry, uh, aggressive kid. And sports helped me to, to heck, have a sense of purpose, to stop doing the wrong things, to develop discipline, the good values. So my question is, how much, if there's a parent watching this, they have a kid, how much important is it for the kid to be doing sports? Okay, very, very important. Like, I can't emphasize how much. It will give you... Not only discipline, like now I realize that for me, it's very normal to respect someone older than me. Very normal to like, let's say someone in older than me in uni, a doctor tells me do this. It's very normal to say yes, even if I don't agree with them. Okay. But I realize that some people, they, they say no, and they don't know how to respect if you want older people, mm. you know, and this like sports teaches you that to respect older people, people that are older than you, to do what you're told to do, even sometimes, even if you don't agree with it, okay, because it's for your best, you know, like they know more than you, Mm -hmm. you know, like your teacher knows more than you, okay? So you have to do, let's say they tell you to do this, but you don't totally agree with them, but you still have to do it. I think that if someone wasn't in sport, they wouldn't have that kind of discipline and wouldn't do it. Plus, I don't think I'd be in med school without taekwondo, actually. 
because the discipline and the focus and the stamina that you have to have to study that much and take that much responsibility, it didn't come from me when I was born. It came from what I went through, the experiences in my sport and everything. You know, so it it gives you like not only discipline, but like peace and if you want like how to control yourself and go for what you want. Like if you have a goal, you put it in front of you and you just go for it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful because there's a, a lot of kids, especially now, kids are getting the generation. I'm not old, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this, this generation, like the younger one is getting crazy. Like, I mean, crazy. I know I'm seeing things, you know, and, and it's like they don't have a sense of purpose and, and I'm saying that from the heart. It's not because I want to judge. It's because I know how important sports are in, in someone's life. And parents maybe don't know how important it is. Because they think, okay, you're wasting your time. You're going to do this practice. Focus on your work alone. No, no, it's very, very important. Plus, it, it keeps you away from like smoking, alcohol, I don't know. All the like, bad things. Yeah, all the bad things. Yeah. You know? You don't realize that until you're like an adult, if you want. Like when you're 18, you won't realize that. You're like, oh my God, they're so cool. They're smoking. But no, they're not. Exactly. Exactly. For Like in my head, when I was an athlete, and I'm still in the athlete mindset. I do everything as an athlete. Yeah. I and I think you also, in med school, you have the athlete mindset kind of do everything with this mindset of, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to achieve it, doing, following the goal and everything yeah. else, right? So this athlete mindset can be applied to anywhere, right? Exactly. So if now, if I want something, if I want, like when I wanted to get, to get into med school, I wanted to get into med school. I did everything in my power, everything I could to get into med school. Someone else would have like given up. You know, now I want, let's say a specific thing. I want to win this competition. I'm going to do everything I can to win this competition. Mm. And I don't think like, but with all the obstacles, like, okay, it's very easy to say it. But like, let's say I, like you said, for the Arab championship, I dislocated my shoulder, ankle sprain, broke my thumb, but still went for what I want. I don't think, I think if someone was in my place and would have dislocated their shoulders 10 days before, they would have said, no, I'm not going to go to the competition. I'm going to do something else. But with, when you have this fighter's mentality, I think Mm. you want something, you just go for it, whatever like the sacrifices are. Wow, that's so powerful. I think we're going to, before ending, is there anything else you want to, to speak about? Anything? Yes. Okay. Okay, actually, during this, these three years that I, like, when, 2021, 2024, like, until now. Okay. Okay, I realized that during the competitions, I made more like the the best thing was making friends mm. like outside i had so much like funny stories if you want tell and, us tell us okay, like. one of them like i have to say it like okay. i can't not say it i have a rival okay uh and she's a really really good athlete she's like ranked sixth in the world i think i'm not keep, keeping up with her ranking but yeah. yeah yeah she's in the top 10 and so we played against each other in 2021 Okay. And I won and it was a shock because I was ranked, you know, like you told me 60 or 70. Mm-hmm. And I played against again against her. That was 
a fight where we were like everything was so equal the refs had to choose okay. and she won and then we played again in 2023 i think and she won so the score is like 2-1 for her and all the time like i literally saw her in every competition mm. and her and her coach and i never said hi i like used to see them and like I was like, no, I'm <laughs> no, I'm not saying hi to them. <laughs> like she's winning two one. I'm not saying hi. And my coach was like, why don't you say hi? You know, it's okay. Mm. You can just say hi. I'm like, no. I was a kid. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> and then this month, her coach calls me and he's like, okay, uh, we have a big competition to prep for, and we want you to come and help her prep for the competition. And I'm like, am I dreaming? Like this coach that I never talked to, never even said hi to. He he called like uh, my coach and he mm -hmm. asked him for me to come and train with them. And he <laughs> talked to me. At first, I was like, no, no way. And on a very short notice. And I'm like, no, no way. I'm not going. You know, I'm not going to the training camp. <laughs> and then when he talked to me, I'm like, you know what? Go. You know what? What am I go am I gonna lose? Just go. You know. And I went. I was. Look, the times where I'm anxious are very rare. Like, I'm not usually an anxious person. And before meeting them, I was so anxious. I'm like, it's going to be so awkward. Like, I've I've been seeing them for three years straight, every month, never said hi or anything, <laughs> just fought <laughs> against them. And now they're inviting me to their home to train with them. And then after the training camp, we became, like, really, really good friends. So I want to say, like, if you have a rival, just outside the ring just say hi okay like you know what do you lose you're gonna see you have so much so many things in common with them and they're nice actually and they're very fun and like there's so much more to sports than just rivalry and uh, like competing like uh, outside the mm. ring you you just have to break the ice if you want and just say hi that's a, that's a powerful note and you said also that You said to me that it also helped you improve so much as a fighter. Yeah, exactly. Because when you train with someone as strong as you or stronger than you, and someone like it, that that's a rival, that's when you and you're out of your comfort zone. That's when you like, you know, just feed the most. Yeah. Especially out of your comfort zone against someone like that's a very high level athlete. So I came back and I was really ready for the Arab Championship. That's beautiful because kind of sometimes your ego gets in the way and you're like, ah, I'm not going yeah. to say hi. And I do have something also, this thing also like that sometimes, and I realize that that when I get through it and I break the ice, like you said, that's when I make the best friendships. That's when I have the best time, the best experiences. Yeah. It's the most beautiful thing. For, for example, I'll give you an example. We were in um, Greece, me, Jado. Jado, Salamoun, and Ryan, which is also like my best friends, and John Asmar. And we were at a place and just sitting and doing nothing, and I was getting bored. I was like, no way. We, we were not going to do this. So we saw an Arab guy. I just went up to him and started talking. This Arab guy led us to a party, a beach party. We went. We had the best fucking time ever, 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 ever. We met a lot of girls. We met a lot of friends. We had a, heck, it was a, Very freeing and beautiful experience. What if I didn't talk to the guy, and if I and I was scared to talk to the guy, and I was like, oh, I don't know him. Maybe he will take it wrong. Maybe if I was scared and I didn't do it, then none of that would have happened. 
And it's the same with you, with sports and with anything yeah. else. Breaking the ice is, is powerful. Yeah, it's so important. Like, And I had the same thing also with uh, friends from another country. They, When I was a junior, I used to see them also at every competition. But we never like said hi or talked to each other. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then one day we had a competition in Lebanon. And they were here. And they were having dinner with some of my friends that are not competing. They were volunteers. Okay. And my competition was the next day, if you want. Me after before my competition, I usually sleep at like seven, eight. I'm like a nerd. <laughs> okay. And they call me at like eight. I was going to sleep. And they're like, Leticia, we're having dinner with your friends from this country. Not your friends, but uh, these athletes from this country. And they're saying that uh, you're uh, not not mean, but uh, you know, you have an ego. Okay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Me? I'm not like that. <laughs> I, w- I changed my clothes. I went into the car and I drove the day before my competition. Mm. And I went to dinner with them. And I'm like, hi, how are you? And I swear, they're like, if you tell me, you ha- do you have best friends outside? I'm like, yeah, them. Wow, like, that's how it... We're so close right now. Like every competition I go to, okay, like they're like my team. If you want, sometimes like after the competition, we go out. And sometimes I train with them before competitions. Like really, really, we're so close right now just because of one thing. And I asked them, why did you think that about me? They're like, because on the day of the competition, you're so focused, so serious. You don't laugh, you don't say hi. I'm like, yeah, I'm just focused, (laughs) you know? And that's it. That was it. Like, I never, that's my face. Like, on the day of the competition, I was just just serious. And that's why they thought that I was not nice. That's not true. That's, that's, I think that's beautiful, first of all, because breaking through the ice is not easy at first. But then when you do, you're so glad you did. Yeah, exactly. And then you make the best friends, like you said, and then it's just, it's worth it. It's worth it. So that's pretty much it from my side. I think it was a pretty interesting talk. And if a kid was watching this, that's a young athlete, he would benefit so much, so much. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. And if you did, uh, make sure to follow along because every week there's a new episode. Today we covered three things. The fighter's mentality. We covered also how to achieve sustained success and how to be a balanced high performer. So if you want more to unlock more secrets of wisdom from exclusive guests that are both rich in meaningful success, but also rich in peace, meaning, and fulfillment, then make sure to follow along and to consider following this podcast. I've been your host, Aji, and this has been our very uh, welcoming guest, Leticia.